clearly the gun debate is going to be sticking around for a while to come. It's going to be on the forefront for a while to come. But since the shooting at Parkland, some new information has been revealed that we got to go over. There was a CNN town hall that I need to talk about a little bit when it comes to free speech and exercising your rights. There's an, there's a blog that I just literally posted up about constitutional rights. We're going to talk a little bit about that and more. So get ready and tighten your seatbelts because this is Fritzcast. Get ready to let it all out. Guys, it's Friday, February 23rd, 2018, and this is another edition of FritzCast. How y'all doing? Uh, it, it, it is a uh, crazy uh, busy week. I, I, do I say that every week? I really... Does life ever not get busy around here anymore? I don't, I don't understand. My wife and I are big time... If you can do it yourself, do it yourself. So we're DIYers. Um, to the extreme. Uh, and to the extreme in as much as like we, we find projects to do around the house all the time. You know, it's a house. We bought a house. We're, here we are, two millennials in a house. Um, it Probably excellent workings of a reality TV show. Um, maybe. Who knows? We bought this house. We bought this house knowing that, you know, with a house come with 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 buying a house came great responsibility. And by that I mean you don't live in an apartment anymore. You just can't call the front office and go, "Hey, this is broke. Fix it." I mean, you're not allowed to fix your own crap in an apartment anyway, I understand. You sign a lease, you're you're under the rules of the the landlord, and that that's perfectly fine. You signed a contract. It's in the contract that you signed. That wasn't very. That really wasn't negotiable. Wasn't negotiable yet. In our apartment, we still hooked up our own shelving units and, and you know all that jazz, the the basic stuff. But it's not like you can cosmetically change your apartment once you sign the dotted line. But you know the perk of the apartment was you know oh crap dishwashers broke hey you gotta come in here and fix it and they would either come in and fix it or just you know pull out the old one drop in a new one. You know, your fridge goes kaput, they, they come in and give you a new one. You know, the oven oven not working, they come in and they replace burners. You know, what, what, whatever you needed, they did. That was part of your rent. That was part of your money. You had maintenance there. You also had annoying visits by maintenance periodically to do things to the building. It, it was quite annoying. I quite hated the fact that I would get a notice saying, 
please make sure somebody's by the apartment or that your dogs are locked up on this day because we will be coming in whether you're there or not. No, don't like that. Don't th- no, no, no thank you. No thank you. Especially considering my profession at the time and still now in corrections. Like, no, I don't want, I don't care if it's your maintenance apartment. I don't want people in my apartment when I'm not there. Those were sucky aspects of the apartment. Well, you buy a house, it's you're on your own. Call the repairman, fix it yourself, whatever the case may be. You are on your own. And when you're on your own, it, it's it's nice, you know? You have a you have an issue, you have a plumbing issue. If you have a handy friend who's willing to help you out, you can solicit them to do it. You can solicit any number of private companies and individuals to do it. Absolutely. You can Google it and try to do it yourself. And then when you screw up and make it worse, then you can call those people. I mean, you have a plethora of options. You have... You have so many things that you can do. Plumbing issues are a little more serious. Electrical issues are a little more serious. You know, those are things that, especially electric issues, uh, you know, that's something that, uh, I mean, by coding and law and all that jazz, you gotta, you know, call the master electrician or whatever. That's kind of stupid, but it is what it is. You know, but there's a lot of stuff in your house that you can handle, and my wife... And I decided that, you know, especially with the dogs that we have, I mean, this is a rancher. This is a three-bedroom rancher. It's not that big, all right? It's not, it's not, um, trying to think of a famous mansion name locally. It's not, you know, uh, it's not the Hagley Museum. It's not the DuPont Mansion. Uh, you know, this is, this is, this is a single family, you know, just a little over, you know, a thousand square feet of living space. More or less, it's like I took the apartment but made it a standalone thing. You know what I mean? It's a standalone thing. It has a yard that's my yard. Uh, I have a shed. Uh, I have more room. I have my own parking lot. You know, that that type of stuff. It, but it's not grand oys by any stretch of the imagination. Not that I'm looking for that either. So we have carpeting and we have animals. So we have, you know, it's four dogs now. Well, let's not talk about how it expanded. Let's not talk about how expanded, but it's, you know, it's just four dogs and, like, two cats. And you have a carpet, and you have, you know, you were raising some of these as, as little chitlins and all that. There were some accidents in the house, and, you know, the carpeting got, you know, the carpeting's, it's, it's bleh. It's bleh. And we, I mean, we hate the style of carpeting it is anyway. So we thought, originally, we were like, well, we're going to replace the carpeting with some, you know, high-quality crap. And uh, we went to Home Depot and started flipping through the stuff, and we're like, holy shit, this stuff is expensive. And But we thought, you know, okay, well, maybe we could just swap out the carpeting and do it ourselves. Um, you know, we'll have to get handy or whatever. And then we decided, you know what, what's going to add value to the house? What's popular? Um, hardwood floorings, uh, the better laminate floorings. Those type of things. That's actually what people want. They don't actually like the carpeting thing anymore. It's more skewing towards hardwoods and, and things that aren't carpets. People are becoming more fans of area rugs on top of uh, hard flooring. And so long story short, we we did decide, like we thought, okay, we'll, we'll go hardwood. Hardwood, also still expensive. But you could do it yourself. It was something like, you know, hey, we can do that ourselves. We can, we can just, you know, go ahead and do it. Uh... 
after a long debate, we found uh, a laminate flooring that uh, is a nice, you know, grayish, looks like driftwood almost. You know, oh, hey, that's fancy driftwood. Let's put a driftwood floor in your house. Um, laminate, you know, nowadays, in comparison to years ago, apparently, this is a, a, a big debate. Years ago, it sucked. Now it's not. Now it's not bad at all. Uh, you can have it mocked to look like wood. It's a hard. It, it's still a hard surface. Uh, it's something that's a selling point. Oh yeah, that'll improve our house. So we went into our third bedroom, which is kind of like our useless junker room right now. I mean, you know, we don't have kids yet, so. When a kid comes along the way, this house is going to be really freaking small. Uh, it's already really freaking small now. Uh, other married couples or other couples that are you know, together with your significant other living in a house, um, the, you know, the next house size is going to be gauged by, like, can, can there be another floor that you can go to when you're pissed off at your partner? That is, that's the quintessential, I think, thing when you go to buy a, a forever home or a more permanent residence. You start thinking of things like, all right, um, if I'm really pissed off, she's going to lock me out of the bedroom. Am I able to go somewhere else in the house, or am I going to be, like, literally right outside the bedroom door? Well, that's what it is every time. I'm right outside the bedroom door. It, it kind of sucks. It would be nice to have, like, a, a man cave basement thing to storm off to and be angry at so I could be further away than just right there at the door. You know, it's kind of insulting. Anyway, getting carried away. So we selected a, a, a laminate flooring that we wanted, a nice thick laminate flooring. So we go to tear up the old flooring in the house. Now, before before you, you, you scorn me or whatever, this house was built in like 1950-ish, something like that, 1960s. The original hardwood flooring is in the house. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, well, why are you tearing up your original hardwood flooring and putting in laminate? What the hell is wrong with you? Uh, well, the, the, the hardwood flooring that is original to the house... Um, has been sanded down at least once, if not a couple of times. Um, it's had nails driven through it, tacks on it, paint poured on it. I explored the option of sanding it down. I did. Wasn't going to work, wasn't practical, especially because, huh, in ripping up the bedroom and deciding that this is what we are going to do, guess what? I pull up these old 1960 wooden planks that were untreated that uh, that some of them have, you know, signs of, of wear and tear and rotting in them. So, before you scorn me, I made the right decision, you bastard. Don't, don't judge me, ever. Ever. I started, we started peeling off this floor, you know, I mean, sawing the floor, prying up the things. They were nailed into the subfloor. The subfloor is crappy, too, so guess what? We're replacing the subfloor, too. That's what's happening. So, this past week... I worked, let's see, two doubles, two 16-hour shifts on Tuesday and Thursday. So Monday, Wednesday, and today I've been tearing up this floor, and so has my wife. She's done it on her downtime, opposite swing shifts. She does that while I'm at work. I do that while she's at work. The floor is that we, we've completely tore up the uh, the hardwood off the floor. Which, I mean, it's it's sad. It was a nice, thick hardwood. It would have been nice to salvage it. Oh, well. I'm going to throw it in the backyard and burn it. Whatever. But it, it's been fun to do because I'm learning as I go. I'm tearing up a floor, which is insane. It's insane that, I, that my wife would allow me to tear up the floor and want to participate in tearing up the floor in the house. Number one. 
Number two, you tear up the floor and you see how these little board installation things work and you see the subflooring and you start Googling things and you start being hands-on and you start doing it and it's fun. Maybe it's just because it's the demolition part right now. If I could be a paid demolitioner, I would, I, would, I would sign the dotted line as long as I got paid the same amount that I got paid now. I mean, hell, even we could negotiate. It could even be a little less than I got paid right now. I get to tear crap up indiscriminately <laughs> indiscriminately i get to saw boards all right it is it is just there's there's been a, you know some things have pissed me off this past week and i've just taken it out on that freaking floor and it's been fun it's been fun but i'm learning i'm learning something we me and my wife are learning something as we go with it which is also fun and that is why and it's that very reason why buying a house means great responsibility because you have the option to tear up your floor and do this. And as you go, you could screw something up and make it worse. You could. But, uh, you know, I'm just saying, the fact that we started this off, we you know, originally it was just, you know, we uh, get rid of the carpet. The carpet smells. Yeah, yeah, we had a carpet cleaner and we were trying to keep it clean and all that. And yeah, it's fine, but it was crappy carpet. And... You know why do all the carpeting and stuff? Put in a hardwood floor, get some throw rugs, do it yourself. Be be proud and happy of something that you did. And so I might be talking about this for the next coming weeks as it goes because it's not it's not a project that you get done overnight when you do it yourself. That's the other aspect of this. You do it yourself like this. You're doing it on your own time when you have it and when you have the motivation to do it. Because let's face it. I told you a couple of 16-hour shifts this past week. I didn't feel like doing crap sometimes, but you know what? Pull up the hardwood flooring. I didn't go to the gym. I was pulling, I was ripping wood planks out of my floor. That was a workout. It was a super workout. Was I drinking beer while I was doing it? Sure, but let's not talk about that. I also, in doing that, in doing a project like that, you guys know I'm a podcast listener, politics type of person. So what do I put on the background? Politics. Um, if you're a Blaze subscriber, uh, the Blaze actually has a pretty cool thing going on between Glenn Beck, uh, Pat Gray, Stubergear, Doc Thompson, which all of them in their own right are their own show hosts and, and talk a lot about politics. And all that. They have a, a show that they do. It's a 30-minute show that they do every night called The News and Why It Matters, and they talk about the top stories and and what they thought the most important one was and why, and it's been a, a really interesting walk through uh, the topics that have happened this past week, not all of which revolve around the gun talk, which I mean, we, have to, we do have to talk about that again, and whether people like it or not, whether people want to or not, that is going to be a topic, a very passionately debated topic over the coming weeks and probably beyond. Because you're talking about we have midterm elections coming up. 2020 is already starting to flare up and be talked about heavily right now. And all of it, uh, some of it is over some key issues and the gun issue is, is becoming a key issue. And I'll talk a little bit more in depth about it um, in a moment. Now, uh, th there was, I don't want to touch up on the CNN town hall, and I used air quotes around town hall, uh, because th th there's a lot I want to say about the CNN event, but there's been some new revelation just yesterday 
the CNN event was two days ago now. It was uh, it was on Wednesday, I believe. But just yesterday was released a piece of information that people are, are not dissecting the right way. I talk about in the article that I just posted about the Constitution on uh, my blog on fritzcast.wordpress.com. I talk about a sharp divide taking place between two extreme sides. And... The two extreme sides are shining through on every bit of news information that's coming out surrounding the Parkland events. And and it's very telling. But first, yesterday the piece of information was released that the school had, had a resource officer assigned to them. Um, a, a resource officer assigned to them by uh, Broward County uh, Sheriff's Department. Um, Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel was part of the CNN town hall on this matter on Wednesday, okay? And on Thursday, Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel had a deputy admit that he didn't enter the Florida school during the time that... I don't want to say the name of the shooter, and I won't. During the time that that shooter was murdering 17 people, this deputy was suspended without pay pending an investigation and has since resigned from his position. Here is the press snippet yesterday from Sheriff Scott Israel. I want to clarify any rumors, conjecture, or stories that have been out there. Scott Peterson was absolutely on campus for through this entire event. He was armed. He was in uniform. After seeing video, witness statements, and Scott Peterson's very own statement, I decided this morning to suspend Scott Peterson without pay pending an internal investigation. As is his right, Scott Peterson chose to resign because he has the necessary time with the agency and meets the requirements of retirement. He resigned and slash retired. The investigation will continue. We're not going to disclose the video at this time, and we may never disclose the video, depending on the prosecution and the criminal case. But what I saw was a deputy arrive at the west side of Building 12, take up a position, and he never went in. I want to, do you hear the just the echo of that final statement? He he got to the west side of the school, he took up a position, and he never went in. He never went in. An officer, an officer of the law, a uniformed officer of the law, armed who swears an oath. This isn't a job that you just sign a dotted line or a contract. You swear an oath. You affirm that you know the job duties 
that you know the possibilities that you will be put in dangerous situations. You raise your hand and you swear an oath to serve and protect the people in your charge. Oddly enough, Sheriff Scott Israel was asked by the media in, in this address, well, what, 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 what should he have done? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was asked, what should his officer have done? And this was the reply. He went, he went on his, uh, I think he got on his radio at a point in time, um, and he took up a position for it looked like he could see the westernmost entry into the building and stayed where he was. Never went in. Devastated. Sick to my stomach. Um, there are no words. I mean, these families lost their children. We lost coaches. I've been to the funerals. I've been to the homes where they sit and shiver. I've been to the uh, vigils. Um, it's just, uh, there are no words. My, my apologies. I thought that clip had him stating what he said. <clears throat> Let me, um, allow me to read the quotes. Um, after this, uh, this is this from an article from the Sun Sentinel. Uh, quote, soon after the shooting took place, Israel and Broward Schools Superintendent Robert Runcie were forced to answer questions about where Peterson was during the shooting and why he did not confront Cruz. Quote, I'm in shock and I'm outraged to no end that he could have made a difference in all this, Runcie said on Thursday. Quote, it's really disturbing that we had a law enforcement individual in there specifically for this reason and he did not engage. He did not do his job. It's one of the most unbelievable things I've heard, end quote. All right, Scott Israel has been quoted saying that he would have preferred that his deputy had gone in and killed the killer. And it's hard to find some defense of the officer because there were two coaches in there, who shielded kids by throwing themselves in front of bullets and they didn't have a gun on them. People have been using... When I talk about divisive politics, you have a gun control crowd screaming at the bit right now and they're pointing at this guy and saying, well, there's your good guy with a gun and he didn't make a difference. Well, yeah, let's take that on the individual basis. You have a man who swore an oath to protect and serve, who knew and was told time and again and is trained and was told that your duties may, in fact, cause you to lose your life. You swore the duty. You swore that you would uphold the duty. And guess what? Scott Peterson failed his duties. He failed his duties. And people are saying, well, you shouldn't be a harsh critic. You weren't in his shoes. There's a difference between you as an individual person who has not signed up for a duty to protect people. The very reason Scott Peterson got paid money was to put on a law enforcement uniform, know the law, 
and be the first point of contact and defense of the school. Every student and every parent has the right to be enraged by the actions of Scott Peterson, especially when you had Aaron Feast and others in that school building who threw themselves in front of children, in front of bullets, and gave up their lives. Something that they did not take. Something that was not in their job description. Something that was not in their job duties. I mean, you can argue that it was in their job duties as teachers to not give up on children and foster them and nurture them and grow them and all that. Yes, you can say that. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what you had there with that law enforcement officer, if anybody wants to sit here and say, that's the good guy with the gun and it didn't work, so your, va- so your argument is invalid. I'm sorry, the argument is not invalid. What you have there is an act of cowardice. And perhaps I'm speaking very passionately on it because I work in a law enforcement profession where just last year there was a hostile prison takeover and somebody was murdered in it. And maybe it's because I realize every day that I'm in there that there is a possibility that something like that could happen to me. I don't want it to happen to me. I hope to God I never have to face it. But I know what I signed on for, what my duty is, and what might not just happen to me, but people that I work with. People who are on my team, and also the other side of the spectrum, there's offenders in there. And I have to stop offenders from doing that to each other. And sometimes they will hurt one of us in a uniform to hurt one of their own. Because at the end of the day, they just don't care. But that's beside the point. I know what my job duties entail. I know the danger I face. When it comes to that, and you're a law enforcement officer... When it comes to that, your job is to react. Your job is to stop the threat. Okay, when people bring up the police shootings of unarmed civilians and all that, they want to jump on police and say they're in the wrong, they're in the wrong, they're in the wrong. And then all of a sudden you want to defend this guy who, who, who didn't do his job duty? There's a guy in there with a gun. You have a gun. You're trained to handle situations like this. I understand that you never really know until it pops off, but when you've signed the line and sworn an oath to uphold your duty and you fail it, you have to answer to that. You have to answer to that when there were adults in there that were unarmed that dove in front of bullets, that ushered kids out, that worried about others other than themselves. That's why we have that word cowardice, because you had duties and you didn't do them. So I hope people realize, and mind you, let's be fair, yes, there's going to be an investigation on Scott Peterson, it's ongoing right now, and Scott Peterson chose to resign from his duties, that's fine, 
there's still answers that need to be made. Or there's still questions that have to be asked and questions that have to be answered. And the only person that can do that is Scott Peterson. But right now, the videos and that presser from Scott Israel and the fact that he was suspended without pay all does not look good. It all doesn't look good, and some of it, in fact, is a little reprehensible. (laughs) Considering that you had heroes. You had real heroes, and they were just people. They were just people. This information, mind you, comes out after a CNN town hall. Okay, and the CNN town hall, as I talked about in my blog, and as other people have talked about, Tensions were very high for such a town hall where kids who were actually involved in the event were asking questions. And this event didn't even happen a week ago, within a week. Tensions high, emotions high, families affected. Things changed forever. You had people saying Marco Rubio has stones to show up at, a, at an event where Marco Rubio is a representative and his job is to go to things like this and represent and hear people speak. So I'm not going to champion Marco Rubio for facing the wild crowd. I'm not going to champion Dana Lash, the NRA spokesperson, for facing the mob. But also, I will say that yeah, uh, when when I listened to snippets from, from this thing, that it did seem very one-sided, very skewed in one direction. And it is what it is. All right, Jake Tapper admitted that this was held in a fairly liberal county in Florida with many people who were directly affected or knew somebody who was directly effe- affected. So a tight community. And Jake Tapper even suggested that the fact that it was done within a week worth of time, not even a week's worth of time, definitely contributed to the feeling of the event. I mean, you could almost say that it overshadowed the fact that apparently when it came to this shooter, tips were made to the FBI. Broward County was informed. And there was something like 39 points of contact with the kid. In fact, the New York Post backs me up on that. Quote, Before this shooter carried out the mass killing at this high school, police responded to his home 39 times over a seven-year period. And the nature of those visits, the nature of the emergencies at his Parkland home residence included mentally ill person, child elderly abuse, domestic disturbance, and missing person. All right, a schoolmate of his told the network that cops were called to his home almost every other week.
How many points of contact can they have with somebody? How many? How much can go on a person's record? And this kid was still able to buy an AR-15. With a laundry list of disturbances, a laundry list of tips. But apparently we can't talk about those failings. Because the talk has to just specifically be about banning AR-15s. Or about banning assault weapons. It has to be just that. We can't talk about cowardice in a police department. We can't talk about the failings of police and intelligence departments. We can't talk about the failings of the background check system and how it needs to be revamped. We can't talk about that stuff. Apparently. I want to talk about it all. I want to talk about everything. No stone left unturned. Yet with not every stone unturned, CNN had a town hall that ended up being what it was. The very next day, the sheriff who was at the town hall... You know what? At this town hall... He was singing the praises and, and playing to the crowd. And you can play to the crowd very easily. It's very easy to play to the crowd. It's super hard to play against the crowd. Super hard to play against the crowd. Last, at, at that debate, or that debate, at that town hall, at that event, Scott Israel had said to Dana Lash that she was lying about 39 points of contact, something that CNN reported. Something that CNN themselves reported. In the news, that was reported before the town hall. He also stood up and told the kids that they were the ones that were going to get the job done because they had failed. Did he know yesterday, or did he know at that town hall that his deputy had failed his department? Because I'm willing to bet yes, but why was it not released until Thursday? There's some other kid going around right now from Parkland claiming that he and his father didn't want him to go because it appeared CNN was stacking the deck to a script. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theory. I'm not invalidating people's thoughts. Everybody that spoke there had the right to speak there. Everybody who was there has the right to voice their opinion, absolutely. However... Was it accurate representation of this entire nation? I do not believe so. I just don't believe so. And in all this talk, everybody goes to the Constitution, they point at the Constitution, and they keep talking about democracy. They keep talking about democracy. Democracy is the, is the most used and abused word on the face of the planet. Part of the reason I wrote the article on fritzcast.wordpress.com, and I won't read it, for you verbatim. It's there. Go read it on your time. If you wish. It's just some thoughts from me. But people want to say democracy. Democracy. What does the majority want? And the majority can't be wrong. And they point at the Constitution. And they say that's a piece of paper. That was written in the 1700s. by All by white men. In the 1700s. Times have changed. Well, yeah, times change, yes. 
times do change. The document does, in a sense, evolve. And rights of people have been eroding for quite a while. I mean, the Constitution has failed America time and again. And some of it is under the guise of democracy. Well, democracy, first off, we aren't a democracy. Some people want to say, oh, we're a democratic republic. It's better to say we're a republic. But democracy is <laughs> democracy isn't something that should be cheered. Because people usually say, well, if the majority of people say that's what they want, then that's what they should get. Well, that's not smart. That's not smart. It's not a good idea. And that has in the past, in fact, up till now in America, at every turn of the century, all right, at, at, at every couple of decades, you can find somewhere, somehow, some way, the majority of people trampling the rights of other people. Is it that hard to look at? Slavery was trampling the rights of black individuals, all right? Specifically at the time, Africans who were being imported into the nation. And then they were being bred like livestock and sold and whipped and beaten and forced into labor. Okay, and that was at the guise of democracy. Hey, everybody's cool with this, right? Okay, well, most of us are cool with this, right? Cool. Didn't make it right. How about the indigenous people that lived on America, the Native Americans, huh? The the relationships that were carrying it out with them and what was done with the Native Americans, despicable. Despicable. Killed, hunted, uh, driven out of their lands, uh, told that they were, that, hey, we have a cushy reservation for you. It's that way. Start walking. Uh, we know it's the dead of winter. Here are some blankets, by the way. They're, in fact, it was smallpox. Probably wasn't fair or constitutional to the Native American people. No, and it was because, eh, who cares? And then there was a, a civil rights movement again over race, skin color. Remember that quote I played in my intro a, a, a little while ago, a couple weeks ago? Martin Luther King? All we said to all we ask of America is to be true what you said on paper. Just recently, just recently, I mean, come on. Gay marriage. LGBTQ rights. Something again that popped up that, you know, the Constitution apparently wasn't covering except if we just took it at the base of what it meant of what it stood for, and the fact that that document doesn't give you rights. I have walked away from calling myself a constitutionalist because everybody thinks that if you just, if you have a majority and you agree to it and you write it down on paper, that that's right. That's not necessarily right, and it has failed the people before, and it'll fail the people again because you people seem to think that the government gives you rights. The government doesn't give you rights. The Constitution wasn't to give you rights, it was to protect your rights from the government, from other individuals. It was to declare that you had unalienable rights. And unalienable rights, they're not given to you. Nothing is given to you. That's a key thing that's getting lost. That's a key thing that's getting lost. And I hear some people say, Oh, it's funny. People think God gives them rights or whatever. Well, you know, if somebody says God-given rights, they, they might not even mean 
God, per se. They might mean ingrained in nature, natural rights. The government doesn't make up rights. And if a group of people think it's smart to let a larger group of people that they vote to make rights for them is a good idea, it doesn't end well. And this is part of the reason why I'm a limited government, libertarian-ish kind of guy. I don't fall on the traditional spectrum because the traditional spectrum has sucked. And right now the dividing lines are just a little too sharp and a little too absolute. That's another thing that I talked about in the article. Please, please read the article, fritzcast.wordpress.com. Please read it. Please share it. Please discuss it. Because the only thing, the only thing I set out to do in that blog was vent what's on my mind. Because there's a sharp political divide in the debate about guns. And I outline it by saying there's people right now who would tell you that if you argue in favor of any type of gun, firearm, whatever, not just assault weapon, all right, not just AR-15, any gun and any bullet, there are people out there right now that are saying if you're advocating for anybody to have the right to own any type of weapon like that, that you must hate children and be okay with school shootings and the blood's on your hands. But can we honestly can we honestly talk about that? Is that honestly the case? Is somebody who thinks that somebody has a right to own a gun, do they really hate children? We can't have a debate. You can't debate against somebody saying that you're either going to listen to me and give me what I want, and if you don't, then you're the evil bastard. There's no way to have a dialogue with that. There's no way to have a dialogue with that. There's no debate to be had. The reason I wrote the article is to open people's minds to a new perspective that maybe in being better people, some things we can't look to the government to to make us better people. And the government doesn't grant and give away rights, nor should they have the ability to take people's rights away. And I am going to leave on that note, because in terms of other news going on, yes, there's still a Russian investigation going on, and there's been some developments with it. That's been the main fo- that that's been the focal point this past week is the gun debate and what the government can do to make us all safer. And I want people to think about that. I I hope I didn't go on some passionate deranged ranting. I really don't, but I'm not going to go back and listen to this before I post it. I'm just going to finish out this episode right here right now and move on. Um uh, obviously, I said the debate's going to keep popping up, but that's that's just my perspective of things. So, guys, I thank you for listening. All right, I I love the fact that you would take your time out of your day. It's been it I, it's almost an hour. It's going to be forty five minutes before all is said and done. That's a long time to sit down and listen to somebody rant about 
politics, about current events, the culture, everything that's going on. It's a long time to listen to me rant about it, and uh, uh, I don't, I don't even know. You know, I've been doing podcasting for what two and a half years now, and I don't even know if I'm good at it. I, I don't know if I'm good at it. This is just something that I feel I want to do, have to do, and will continue to do for as long as I feel as passionate about things as I do. Um. I thank you guys for listening. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at F-R-I-T-Z-Q-S on Twitter. Um, I, on Facebook, we're facebook.com slash the FritzCast. And the blog is fritzcast.wordpress.com. Please read my latest blog titled, The Constitution, Rights, and Restrictions. Guys, I'll be back next week as I always am every Friday. It'll be a brand new Friday with Fritz. We'll see where we go. If you want your comments, uh, you can absolutely send me your comments, whether it's Twitter, Facebook message, or fritzcastpodcast at gmail.com. I will gladly read your comments on the air. If you have an aspect, a perspective, whatever it is, you can send it to me. You can send me audio clips. You can send me video clips. Anything that you want. If we're going to have an open debate about this, whether it whether it favors my opinion or doesn't, the whole point of me wanting the podcast and dive in and figure out people's thoughts and beliefs on things is figuring out their perspective of things and why. And you just got a little bit, a little dose of my perce- my perception through the madness of my ranting. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs>